Hey everybody, what's going on? I hope you guys are doing well. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. This is my lovely wife, Dr. Alicia. This is uh, Pillow Talk is where we get together and we have intelligent conversations about the black community and with uh, other intelligent black people around the world. Now we are doing a late night edition of Pillow Talk. Uh, we're usually late against our pillows talking. <laughs> She's sitting right here, breathing heavy in my ear. I am. How you doing, babe? I'm doing all right. It's past my bedtime. It is. It is. It's way past my bedtime. Well, it's not past young Miami's bedtime because young Miami is a city girl. City girl. What? <laughs> <laughs> so what's up, Terrace Tech? Uh, shout out to your city. Let us know which city you're from. Also, let us know if you can hear us. Uh, we like to do audio checks when we get started. Give us a quick yes or be one or something in the chat to let us know you can hear us loud and clear. Um, we know that we're coming in here late. Uh, and also hit that thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, everybody hit the thumbs up button. If you are watching on YouTube or if you're watching on Spotify or listening on Spotify, uh, just look up my name, Boyce Watkins. You'll find the Dr. Boyce Breakdown on Spotify. What's up, Terry Cobb and Paula Washington? How you doing? Good to see you. What's up, DDS? How you doing, man? Thank you very much, brother. God bless you. Man, you got to come to the convention. When you come to the convention, you say your name's DDS. I'm going to know exactly who you are. Okay, Terrence Texas, loud and clear. Thank you very much. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, Christina's checking in from Georgia. We were just in Atlanta. Yeah. Well, yeah. If, I think people from Atlanta say I'm checking in from Atlanta. Oh, really? So if they oh. say Georgia, it's got to be like Valdosta. Or well, something. Atlanta's part. No, well, that that is true. That is true. Probably some. But yeah, town. but we spent time in Atlanta. We were uh, we hung out with D One, and we went down oh, to look at that picture. the Hardly Initiated podcast. Uh, Stevie Bags, who's on Black Mafia Family, he was on the Hardly Initiated podcast with me. We we did a premiere of the new film B One the movie. Uh, we're gonna do a um, red carpet event at the Black House in August, and uh, Red Pill is Red Pill, Blue Pill. Uh, I think King Malachi's in that picture, who's a great singer, by the way. Director Rick Mathis, uh, a lot of great people. Uh, Madam President was on the panel. Andre C. Hatchett, it was a great black Wait, man. hold on. I was on the panel. Of course. What you doing? And you killed it, Supposed girl. Supposed to say me. Supposed to say, Alicia, you were on the panel. There's Dr. Alicia. She's sitting over there by D1. They yeah. were lighting it up. Lots of knowledge in the community. Anyway, what? anyway, anyway, anyway. So let's let's hop in here and let's get started. Thank you, James Keller from Philadelphia and Todd Brown from Ohio. All right. So uh, how many of y'all saw? Did any of you give me a yes if you saw what what happened with this rapper? Her name was Young Miami, and she did an interview uh, with a guy named Jason Lee. And in the interview, Young Miami uh, went out of her way to basically, I guess, brag about being a whore. Did anybody see that? But she was basically like really, really proud of it. And um and uh and and then he, he really dug into that. He actually asked her to define it. He was like, define that, like, like define what that means. And and what was interesting is that, you know, her facial expression when she first said I'm a whore was like really happy, like she was really like almost like gloating and excited about that definition of herself. And then the mood kind of changed, you know, once he asked her about her daughter and he said, well, what about your daughter, Summer? She's beautiful. Oh, you so know? you saw it too? You yeah, saw the whole thing. I saw okay. that part. Yeah, okay. yeah. And he said, you know, do you, does she, you want her to be a city girl? And then her facial expression just kind of shifted. It went from, you know, I'm very happy and proud to be open with my sexuality to, wait, no, 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 not my daughter, not my daughter. And, uh, and I thought that was really deep. What'd it was really deep because... She, I think her real name is Carissa or something. 
Okay. So I think when she's in mommy mode, she's Carissa. Mm, okay. I don't know if that's her name, but let's just call her Carissa. I, I don't remember. I can't remember people's names. But when she talked about I'm Clarissa, it's like I'm on mommy duty. I am. She talked about how important it was for her to be a mom. Mm. So that's like a whole nother life that is completely separate from young Miami. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought like you could really see her processing things yeah. like you saw her kind of just pause and she's you know she one minute she's like happy go lucky she went from young miami to to oh like gosh. oh hell no you know and mm -hmm. she's got the prettiest daughter isn't tell beautiful me that that, that is tell me that is not the most beautiful baby ever and yeah. uh and so so that's a beautiful child and it's and 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 i agree it is kind of you know and, Car carisha thank you dream dream chasing help me out Car carisha yeah, Carisha. Yeah, Carisha, go ahead. Yeah, so a lot of people um, were kind of challenging her. They were like, wait a minute, wait, 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 hold. So you're going to promote, like you told me that she's deliberately promoting yeah, the city that's girl her, lifestyle, right? That's her, um, that's her quest in, in, term, in terms of her career as a rapper is to promote the city girl lifestyle. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which is um, promiscuity, lots of promiscuity, just pleasure seeker. Doesn't matter, men, women. She's, you know, labeled herself as bisexual and um, she was she's just interested in going out and having fun. She talked about drinking. She talked about the hookah. I think apparently she has a podcast about hookah, smoking hookahs or whatever. Okay. So that's what she kind of wants to promote, that city girl lifestyle, all about getting money. And she talked about relating to men in a way where they are basically an ATM for her. Oh, Lord Jesus. Like she's with a man and she's with him because no commitment, no commitment, hmm. but just money. And she also mentioned that she didn't even believe that men were even capable of committing. Wow. That's heavy. Yeah. And it's so interesting because the contradiction was that she has this fantasy of actually being married. What? Yeah. She talked about an interview that um, that she is almost as if, yeah, I would love to be married. And if I was to be married, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have my husband going out and being out till five in the morning. Huh. Interesting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So so she's kind of mm -hmm. confused, maybe. She's very confused. And I think that she's probably had there's some internal conflict there. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, how old is she? I don't know how she is. Yeah, hold this. I'm, I'm gonna look up her age. You're gonna well, I can look it up. I have my phone. Yeah, look here. up her age. How, okay. Does anybody know how old she is? Because I I'm, I mean I'm gonna say this too. You know I think we gotta really be thoughtful about the fact that she's probably young, right? Well, she's young Miami. Uh -huh. I, guess, I guess when she gets old, she, no, will, it, she ain't gonna change the name to old you're Miami. You're talking about the fact that she's young, but she spoke about how. Uh, I mean, we can look at her and tell how old she is. Um, but the thing is that she talked about how she was raised. She said, I'm not going to raise my daughter in the same way that I was raised. Okay. You know, so she's saying I was raised by putting my sexuality out there and it being okay. Right. And she's okay. saying, I'm not going to raise my children that way. At least my daughter. I'm not going to raise my daughter in that way. Well, you know, what's funny to me, though, mm -hmm. is that, you know, I'll say this while you look up her age. Okay. Is I think that one of the things that a young woman like her needs to understand is that your kids are not going to be what you say. They're going to be what you are. Exactly. A lot of times they're going to, they're going to mm -hmm. imitate what they see, not what you tell them. Like, so if I'm sitting around doing all kinds of drugs and smoking and drinking, and I say, don't you ever do this. 
I mean, sometimes the kids might not do it. Maybe if they see you die young or something. But mm -hmm. for the most part, you know, they're going to look up to you. They admire you. You know, like, you know, you, you're this. But they don't. The, the thing is, is that right now, as it speaks, because the little girl's three years old. By the way, young Miami's 29 years old. 29. Okay. Yeah, so she, from what I so saw. she's almost like a little too old to be talking crazy like that. She needs to well, kind of. Well, she's in mommy mode because she talked about how she would have other children. She wants to have other children. And I think on some level, she fantasized about being a wife. It almost sounds like she's still a child, you know? She's not still a child. She's 29. I mean, I'm talking about mentally. Yeah. You know, a like stunted there. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's kind of, but and you know, truth be told, um, and as quiet as kept, and people don't talk about this. Has anybody else noticed that a lot of young people just smoke weed like crazy? Like they literally and they and, and the thing is it's not like natural herb that people used to smoke back in the 70s. This is like this manufactured processed stuff where they heighten the the TA to the TA was it THC or the whatever it is. Like they they sort of they they really like like almost like um uh genetically modified it i guess you know there's and, studies after studies that say smoking weed and drinking and all of that it does nothing good for your body yeah. for your mental health for your ability to think clearly any of those things how can you be successful when you high on drugs and stuff well there was a young person that i was talking to one time and and he noticed he said he said, sometimes my thoughts are not coming out right. And he said, you know, no. do you think it's because I smoke weed a lot? I said, well, how, often, <laughs> how often do you smoke? He said, I smoke every day. And I said, yeah, like there's science that says. So So what I, the reason mm -hmm. I bring that up is because if she is doing all this drinking and smoking and everything else, that does mess up your mind and it messes up your body, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, people don't think about this. I mean, Lil Wayne talks about, Lil, Lil Wayne can't even remember, remember the words, the lyrics of his own songs anymore. Yeah, when I look at Lil Wayne and all those tattoos all over his body, what is he covering up? You well, know, it just shows me that he's he doesn't feel comfortable in him with himself. Yeah, and and I agree with Shan Teacher who says that she's clearly dealing with a lot of childhood trauma. Yeah, for sure. Well, Can you, you imagine your mother goes to Yeah, she said her mother goes to prison. Her mother went to prison for murder. Yeah, that's heavy. Heavy. Yeah. So Very it's heavy. so it's kind mm -hmm. of uh, unfortunate that we live in a world where you have a clearly traumatized person and the world simply says, oh, that's interesting. That's, you're very We're gonna market that. <laughs> right, we're gonna mass market you. We're so mass we can market your right, trauma. So, so that just like a virus, we can spread yeah. your mental illness to as many millions of people as possible, as opposed to doing what you're supposed to do, which is to get that person help. Like mm -hmm. you think about R. Kelly. R. Kelly did not need another record deal. R. Kelly mm -hmm. did not need more money. R. Kelly did not need another hit song. R. Kelly needed a therapist intervention he, he needed, needed intervention, intervention. he mm -hmm. needed drugs he needed a therapist he needed he needed, he needed jesus he needed whatever he needed he needed something that was going to get him mm -hmm. healthy and he didn't get that they made him sicker by enabling him mm -hmm. dmx i think people just enabled him you know and so so i think that with young miami i i forgive her for her contradiction to some extent but the problem is that just for the safety mm -hmm. of the community you can't sort of let people just run roughshod and, and market this kind of lifestyle to our little girls when we know what kind of damage that comes with that. A, a lot of molestation comes out of that. A lot of rape comes out of that. A lot of STDs come out of that. A lot of trauma comes out of that. A lot of misery comes out of that. So why in the hell would we sit here and think that's okay for this stuff to be marketed to little girls? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, um, and the thing is, if you show the picture of her and her daughter, Mm. I mean, her. How is how does she feel like her daughter is not going to end up like that? Like, look at that. 
I mean, they're that, dressed alike. They, your daughter is, already looks up to you. That is very inappropriate. Her daughter's for already. A girl to dress like she's that. a city girl in training yeah, in yeah. that picture. I mean, look at that, y'all. Look at that picture. They're wearing the same damn outfit. That's her basically saying, like, okay, this is my mini me. You know, so so what what in the world makes you think that your daughter isn't gonna follow right into your footsteps? She said, I would never want my daughter to be a city girl, but she's gonna promote my daughter to be a city girl. She wants my daughter, both mm. my daughters to be a city girl, but her daughter can't be one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a mental health issue. It's not yeah. it's not consistent, it makes no sense. By the way, you're watching Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. This is my lovely wife, Dr. Alicia Watkins. Dr. Alicia is a licensed therapist and a full professor of social work. And she's also a certified trauma specialist. Uh, if you uh, want to see what Dr. Alicia does, uh, she sees clients on an individual and group basis. Uh, you can go to coachingwithdralicia.com. That's coachingwithdralicia.com. My website is boycewatkins.com. And my new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. And on Pillow Talk, we talk about uh, issues in our community uh, from a therapist standpoint and from a financial standpoint. So uh, today we're talking about Young Miami, Young Miami, the rapper who did an interview where she proudly called herself a whore. She said, I'm a whore, I'm a whore. And then when the uh, the host Jason Lee asked her, well, what about your daughter? Would you want your daughter to be a city girl? They didn't, he didn't say whore, he said city girl. Uh, she said, no, she's not gonna be a city girl. And she crunched up her face. Her, fa like, her oh, face no. crunched. Yeah, her face was yeah. straight crunched. It went yeah. from- So that was the truth. Yeah, it went from mm -hmm. gleeful, like I'm proud to be whatever, a blankety blank mm -hmm. to like- Turn wait. to that face. Look. That's how she thinks about herself. Oh, look at that look on her face. So you think it's like a self-hate thing? It is a self-hatred thing. When all you can put out there is your body parts, you objectify yourself. I'm a whore. You know, she said people people say that in the comments, and I'm gonna laugh at myself. So she's not gonna allow herself to be made fun of. She's gonna embrace all of the negative things that people say about her. She's gonna embrace them, willfully embrace them. But that look on her face is how she feels about herself when she thinks about all the things that she has participated in. Well, you know, you were talking to me about something that was really interesting. I remember you gave a lecture about black women and the stereotypes that media has of black women. And uh, and you had mm -hmm. different categories. And I was really intrigued by that because I, I really think it's very important in this conversation to make it clear, like, we're not trying to beat up on her or attack her. We're really trying to talk about mental health in the black community, uh, the effects mm -hmm. of these images on the subconscious mind, and just how we as a community have to decide, like, where do we draw the lines? Like, where, where do we address the contradiction that we want to be respected, we want to be loved, we want the black woman to be seen in an appropriate way. But then, you know, you have imagery that just contradicts that. It kind of says that the black woman is to be heavily sexualized, that the black woman is only worth uh, whatever body parts <clears throat> she's showing to the world that she is, uh, you know, the gold digger. She is the uh, the bed winch. And, and, I, and I think that this this does come off to the world as, as a weird contradiction. Mm -hmm. So you talked about some of the old stereotypes, old fashioned stereotypes of black women and how modern hip hop minstrel shows kind of connect those stereotypes. Can you kind of talk about some of those old stereotypes and just the different categories? Yeah, I'll talk about it, but I first want to address the contradiction. Whenever you see somebody say one thing and then turn around in another context, say yet again uh, something absolutely that contradicts what they say in a different context, that's a signal of somebody dealing with trauma. Mm. 
Mm, okay. Okay, because that's what happens when you're growing up and you're dealing with your parents and you're dealing with your um, home environment. There's a ton of contradictions all over the place that, that tells you that there's inconsistent parenting. Okay. Inconsistent parenting in a home environment that was not conducive to love. Mm. And that's when you have people who grow up and leave those homes and they're very confused about themselves. She sees in her daughter the the pureness, the wholeness that was taken from her mm. oh, when wow. she was when she was smaller. So she's like, you know what? I'm not worthy, but I'm gonna try to put all my worth into this child. Wow. And and, I've, I have and, she's, and it's foolish because um, the best thing she can do for her daughter is to be what she wants her daughter to be, be that sign. Because how's her daughter not going to how's her daughter not going to know what her mom's doing? Mm. Sleeping around with Puff Daddy. Who or, would even go near him? I think he's called Diddy now. Oh, whatever. Sean. Sleeping around with Sean. That's his name. <laughs> Come on now. You can't be talking bad or crazy about people. Well, whatever. We whatever. Might, it's not about his real. I'm never going to need him. <laughs> I'm never going to need him because. No, no. Well, we, we, I mean, we do know people who know Diddy. Okay, so fine. Think. Listen, listen. He's so funny. Listen. You're hilarious. She's sleeping around with Sean, Puff Daddy Combs, whatever we want to call him. Okay. Right. That's she, not the point of what I'm saying right now. You're missing my point. You're missing my point. You're missing. Oh my God, you got me all distracted. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So that's the thing. She's sleeping around with all these men and women, mm. getting high, doing, having this city girl lifestyle, looking at men as an ATM machine. And all she's, all she can give them is open her legs up. Mm. You know, that's a definite sign of low self-esteem. Wow. That's deep. Low self-esteem. She doesn't think anything about herself and about who she is. And what what you can offer, you cannot offer a man nothing but just what's between your legs. You got nothing else going on with you. How does she become socialized into that? Well, you know, I think that that is kind of sad, you know, yeah. and, but I, I think more deeply it's kind of like it, it's one thing if you want to be a city girl. It's one thing if you want to live the life you're choosing to live for yourself. It's another thing when you have white people who. You know, who marketing, who, mass right, marketing, right, your trauma, right? They're putting millions of Come dollars on. into mass marketing images of black women that are just problematic, highly inappropriate, and cause problems for black women all around the world. You know, black women, they're seen as hoes. They're, you know, that's why your office boss is trying to get with you because he's seeing these images on TV, you know, being mass marketed by these Jew these record labels owned by white people, Jewish people, and other people, you know, and they, they're like, oh, yeah, the black woman is. This is what she is, right? When there are plenty of black women with lots of talent who don't want to do that, who don't want to degrade themselves. Like Akila Nihanda, you and I both know her. She's with Rock Nation now, thank God. And I hope that they mm -hmm. give her a good opportunity because her, her Victory Board and others, they would never do these kinds of things. But then you see who rises to the top of the pile. And it's not just because of consumer appetite. It's also where you put in your marketing dollars. You know, so so I think that these images of black women are they're just a problem. They will find her and more like her. And that's what we're going to hear. That's what we're going to hear. That's what we're going to see at all the award show. BET. I don't know. It's now has a new owner. We'll see. We'll see the next BET awards. If we see any sort of shape up of the BET awards. I doubt it. But let's mm. see if we do. That's what, who we're going to see all over the screen. So my daughters can look at this. 
Well, you know what? I don't know what to say. But I want to ask you, um, so I'm going to ask you about stereotypes. Like, okay, you know, we, we now we can get to the stereotypes because yeah. I wanted to make sure I addressed that. Um, Absolutely. Contradiction and, and by the way, everybody, before we get to that, could you please take a moment, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. You're watching Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. This is my wife, Dr. Alicia Watkins. Uh, Dr. Alicia's website and her Instagram is Coaching with Dr. Alicia or Coaching with Dr. Alicia.com. Uh, she does see clients on an individual and group basis. And my name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. And I have a new book out called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. And you can go get a copy at boycewalkins.com or Amazon. So feel free to go take a look at that. All right. So I want to ask you. Um, you babe, asked me about the stereotypes. I want to ask you about the stereotypes. The black horror stereotypes. Yeah, I think people should be aware of that. So, yeah. that you can, so that when you see them in media, you'll know what it is, right? So you talked about the mammy. Okay, so there are stereotypes of black women that came directly from slavery. Okay. All right. The four main stereotypes is the mammy stereotype, right? The um the black whore. The Jezebel. The Jezebel, black whore stereotype. It is the uh let's see, what's the other one? The mammy, the sapphire. black whore, the sapphire. What's and the sapphire? The sapphire is like feisty my neck is rolling i'm snapping in the air i'm clapping okay. clapping as i speak oh <laughs> i thought that was the angry black woman no that's the sapphire is the angry black woman okay sapphire is the angry black woman uh -huh. okay so you're the jezebel the mammy the sapphire what's the other one? oh and the gold digger Oh, and the gold digger. Okay. Yeah, the gold digger. Got is... a white boy on my rise. <laughs> she be the feed me pasta and lobster. Yeah, so Black women that you see in the media, Black women who are connected to our culture, they will be seen through those four stereotypes. Mm. Sometimes one of those stereotypes, sometimes multiple stereotypes in one person. Interesting. Right. Okay. So that's my name. Name a Black woman in the media. Name them. Name one. And I'm sure you can connect them to one of the stereotypes. Wow. And your know, Shan teacher says, I've worked abroad and had men in the workplace approach me inappropriately yeah. oh, because yeah. of the negative marketing of black women. Mm -hmm. And that's true. And black men are affected by negative marketing. Oh, for sure. That's why they think we're all criminals. We, we're, okay. What's the, what's the black male stereotype? We can talk about that too. Um, the violent, violent black man, Vi Vi violent, violent, ignorant, um, uh, I think that we, we're lovable when we're funny, like comedians or whatever. Like they like that, and they Not like very it, intelligent. They like it when we're athletes, like very athletic, uh, very violent. There's a big one that you're missing, boys. What's the big one? The big stereotype of black men. Well, we don't take care of our kids. Feminization. Oh, okay. The feminization of black men. Okay, right. And there's no alpha male. You talk about this, boys. Come the on. Oh, you're talking about the beta male. Yes. Males, you're not going to see like, the, like, the feminized position. That's true. Of black men. They're, you're not going to see black men too many times in a movie where they are outsmarting white people. Sometimes you do. Well, Godfather Sometimes you Marlon, do. Shout out to Sometimes you do. Shout out to <laughs> Professor James better. Small. <laughs> My homeboy, Professor Jay Small, yeah, but, one of the lead consultants on Godfather of Harlem. But they, the, they all they always outsmart the white guys on their show. I love it. I love it when everything's biased in our favor. Have y'all watched Godfather of Harlem? 
It's great. Every time Bumpy Johnson comes up with a plan, he always like outsmarts the white boys. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> He's selling drugs to the black community. Right. So does, I can't like for me in my mind, like I can't totally like I'm just I'm watching the show, but I'm waiting for him to go to jail because that's yeah. not what he's doing is poisoning our community. That is true. And and they they they, they try and to And I get, can't look they, up to that. Well they try to <laughs> they try to give him grace, you know, with his friendship with Malcolm and kind of showing I can't believe the, Malcolm the, X the, is the friends with a drug dealer. Well, remember Malcolm X used to be a gangster himself. Oh, jeez. So, you know, I, all Malcolm X, I, Malcolm X was, he, and he remained a gangster. He just became a gangster that worked in favor of the black community. Like, I'm being gangster don't mean that you are a criminal or negative. I think being gangster to me also means you could be a soldier on behalf of the people that you love. You know, and it really, if you talk to a lot of gangbangers and gang-affiliated people, some of them are the most principled people that you'll ever meet. They just mm -hmm. might not have... Um, you know, the alignment that makes sense in terms of what they're fighting for. Again, again, this is a contradiction. It, it can't again, be. Again, the contradiction. It can't like, be. Like, really, I'm supposed to look up to you, and then your whole entire life is dedicated to poisoning my community? Yeah. The, like, the, what the, is that? Yeah, the, the, drug deal, the drug deal is a problem, right? The drug deal, because drugs have just destroyed the black and That's community. the thing we're glorifying. It's like a big glorification of the things that are responsible for the demise of our community. Well, you know, if you think about it, if you look at a lot of these artists that are out here now, the ones who think that they can only sell a record if, if, if their vagina comes like inside. She's not, ha she's packaging. empty. This right. girl is empty. Right, but really, like if you, when you look at a, a lot of these artists that think you can't sell a record without a side of, of WAP, um, a lot of them have been affected by drugs. A lot, you know, their their mothers or fathers were on drugs, or they they had somebody in the family that was a dope dealer. You know, like so, drugs have just ravaged and destroyed so many black families and put us in such a tough spot. So you have a whole and, and whole not, generation of young people that didn't have parents. Well, the thing is, is that what does that mean when you don't have parents? You didn't have anybody to protect you. Mm -hmm. You yeah. had nobody when you came home from school every day. You had nobody to check in on you and make sure that you were okay. Yeah. Right. You had nobody to turn to and talk to when you were struggling with something going on internally. You had no one to you had no one to come to to get things off your chest to help guide you when you were young. Yeah. You had nobody to teach you morals. You were left out vulnerable. And then or the what you saw in the home was so toxic mm. that you had this real messed up idea about what family and what relationships should be looking like. And then, you know, it, and then you wonder when you grow up, why is everything falling apart? You're going to have these sort of thoughts like this particular person, this lady here, young Miami. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was just saying, I don't even think it's possible for a man to want to marry me. In, the, in other words, I don't even think it's possible for me to have a husband. Well, you know, and it's, it's I very, don't even think men could be faithful. She has trust issues with men. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. Here's what here's what I believe we is a sad outcome of the fact that seventy six percent of our kids are raised without both parents in their house. Um, is that I believe every young lady deserves to have at least one man who will always be there for her, who's willing to fight and even die for her, who isn't trying to also have sex with her. This, that you know? sort of thing that you're talking about, it mitigates. There's mitigating factors that helps a child to feel more whole. And sometimes it's enough and sometimes it's not enough. 
But clearly when all you can do is open up your legs and that's all you have to offer to a man, something went wrong. Right. And that's what I mean. Like, if, so if you've never even known, you know, like I, I remember when I mentored, there was a young lady I mentored because I coached her. I was her track coach and she was nine and I eventually adopted her as my daughter. Now she's 31 and she's still in my life. I remember when she was a teenager and I would go and take her to the movies and just do stuff that a father or godfather would do. And there were people who were like, why would this grown man want to spend time with this teenage girl? And I didn't. And it made me sad for those people because I said, wow, you know, you cannot even possibly imagine that I would want to be there for this child without having to without wanting to sleep with her. You know, it, it, at that time, I was a 35 year old man. The idea of sleeping with a 14 year old was disgusting to me. And but the fact that we live in such a world where there's so much trauma, so much abuse, so much pain that there were people and, the, and it was usually women that would say, well, ain't no way he's he, he, he trying to get something. He trying to get something. And that tells me a lot about the types of men you were exposed to, because, you know, I just it just makes it just makes me very, very sad. You know, uh, you know, because in my, I mean, in my mind, I was like, I'm 35. There's plenty of 30 something year old women I could sleep with. Why in the world would I want to go to the high school and sleep with a, a kid and then go to jail on top of that? And I ain't, I'm not interested in none of that. You know, so I just remember thinking about that. And that's what I came to my theory that I think every little girl deserves to have one man in her life, supposed to be her father, who will do anything for her who will never, ever ask her for something like that, you know, with debauchery, you know, and, 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 and then what's unfortunate is that they, I imagine that when you're in that space where you don't have that male protection, you meet men and you're thinking, oh, he's a nice guy. Oh, he's so helpful. And then one day he, you know, does something inappropriate. And then you realize, oh, he's just like the rest. And, and I just personally think that it's um, kind of sad. Now, Velda has a question for you. She says, do you think the city girl was molested as a child or raped or had daddy issues? I don't know. I mean, we don't know. I have to talk to her. But, um, but I mean, she's, it's a classic case, mm-hmm. you know, of something. You know, the, the, the lack of trust, it tells me about her attachment. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just what, like, I don't Tell me more know. about that. What do you mean? Attachment. In terms of her attachment, it's, um, she kind of seen her description of her relationships was fleeting it was just like ah, i just do whatever i feel she's like I, if it, if it's a vibe then i'm vibing you know it was almost like if i'm vibing with you then i'm vibing with you and then if something happens and i'm not vibing with you then i'm done with it you know mm. so for her everything is just dealt on this instant gratifying vibe that she mm. feels like she has to have so that tells you i mean where's the longevity in that you know, there's no staying power when it comes to uh, being with somebody over a long time because you're going to have some sort of conflict. Something's going to come up that bothers you. And it was interesting because um, the interviewer asked her questions about Puff Daddy or whatever his name is, boys. I don't know what he is, but Sean, we'll just call him Sean. Interview asked him a question about Sean and he had like a, um, she had a sign. It was really sad, boys, what? honestly. What apparently, I don't know, because I don't watch the war shows, uh-huh. but apparently she had a sign up that said, go poppy, or she had a sign for Puff Daddy in the audience. Okay. She's right. in the audience. She went to the war show. Apparently she went to the war show with him. Okay, right. She had a sign up uh-huh. that had his name. Okay. Cheering for him. Right. But when he was on the stage, he was shouting out all these other women, 
No. Yes. Wow. And I mean, can you imagine that? Like, that's like me having a sign like, go, go, boys. That's my man or whatever. And you're sitting on stage and you're thanking all these women and never not once mention mention me. I'd be like, I'd take that sign and burn it. I'd be like, I'd take that sign and throw it down and and walk out. Yes, it'd be a scene. But anyway, so that's the thing. Like, that's the appropriate, that would be the appropriate. The appropriate response would be kind of mad about it. But when he asked her about it, I don't know this guy named Jason. When Jason asked her about it, she kind of, it was another thing that was going, you can see her brain was kind of like, mm. and then she said, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I did feel kind of a certain way about that. Mm. I did feel so a certain think, way about so that. As a ther- so she as was a very much let down by that. Okay. So mm-hmm. as a therapist, like, what do you see in terms of her reactions? Like, it seems like she, she like, was mad at it him. Like, and it seemed like he made her think during that interview. He did I make her speak. Yeah, I saw. Because I, oh, I, I oh, think, he was I think smart. Jason, Jason Lee's a pretty smart guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so he was making her kind of think a little bit, and you could see her processing. Yeah, as you could see her processing, and she was like, mm. "She's like, I'm not gonna lie, I felt a certain way about it." But then it's like she wouldn't let her really. She would not let herself go there in her mind, and then she kind of shrugged her shoulder, like, "Ah, it's okay. We hung out with each other afterwards, and we were partying afterwards, and it is what it is." So you know. That's not my man, you know. So she tried to play it off. But if you have a big sign for somebody, that's your man. I don't mean making no sign for somebody that's not my man. So I think like somehow their wires got crossed, and um, she's not, you know, sometimes when you feel disappointed and you feel upset if somebody lets you down, instead of like dealing with that, you cover it up with shrugging your shoulders, oh, I don't really care. You know, it's almost like you're just kind of um, you're rationalizing in your head instead of really focusing on the fact, damn, that kind of pissed me off. That kind of hurt a little bit. <laughs> that, that would hurt me a little bit. Well, you know, I'm I, feeling a certain way. Mm-hmm. Well, by the way, everybody, you're listening to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. And Pillow Talk is where I get together with my therapist wife and we talk about issues in the black community, particularly things that relate to love and money. That's what we tend to jump into. Uh, Alicia's website, where she sees her clients and all that stuff is coachingwithdralicia.com. My website is voicewatkins.com. So feel free to uh, go to either one of those websites. And also don't forget the All Black National Convention is happening uh, October 20th in Atlanta. So if you'd like to learn more about the convention, uh, please visit All Black nationalconvention.com i also put the information on my website voicewatkins.com if you want to join us it's a b1 gathering it's pretty awesome and uh, i know you're gonna love it all right so um let's 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 finish up here on this you know topic with young miami so young miami does the interview with jason lee and she says you know i'm a whore and then he asks her about her daughter and she kind of like backpedals and that causes the whole internet to kind of go crazy and say oh wait a minute you want to promote this to our girls, our girls, but you don't want your daughter involved in that lifestyle. And but I, she's <clears> got those pictures of her daughter. I mean, you know, the pic- she she's saying, I'm a whore. I would not want this to be for my daughter. But then she's got pictures of her daughter dressed like her mom. Right. <laughs> I mean, which is, and that outfit, I mean, look at that. That's, I would never put my child in that outfit. Yeah. And not, not in, not ever, but also definitely not on the internet. Right. Yeah. And uh, not together. They're posed together. Yeah. But, but I also think that before we go, I think there's layers, right? There's the obvious layer of like, stop promoting this stuff to our kids. 
and stop promoting it to your kid and and our kids. It's our trouble. Our girls deserve better. Like I think our girls deserve better than the city lifestyle. It's unfortunate that there are some grown women that are stuck in you know a certain mindset that you know just kind of do things that don't make a lot of sense. I, I'm very very sad for them. But the question becomes whether or not, as black people, we want to perpetuate these cycles. You know, Cardi B uh, is is proud of the fact that she rose from the ashes. She was a stripper who was struggling and had to rob men and drug drug men and rob them, commit crimes in order to get money. But the question becomes: Do you want the, our daughters living like that? Like, do you want to, them to emulate this? Do you want them looking at this at the age of seven and say, "Oh yeah, that's what I want to be"? And do we think it's okay just because they're getting money doing it? That's the part that's kind of crazy to me is that it's like the money. If you take away the money, then there, there's nothing that is in any way um, honorable about about this kind of lifestyle, but right? That's a stripper culture. Yeah, and I, just... I, and I get it, but who wants their daughter to be a stripper? I mean, do you think, I mean, is there any, I don't give me a yes or no, y'all. Do y'all know, if, if, do you think that most strippers say, I want my daughter to be a stripper? And if you, if the answer is no, then why would you want other people's daughters to be strippers? Why are you even, and why don't, why aren't you educating on how terrible it was? They don't care. They don't care. They're just about getting money. They see media and they see all these different avenues Opportun Remember media, you have a lot of opportunity in the media for exposure if you encompass one or multiple of those stereotypes of black women. The right? stereotypes, The right. stereotypes of black women that forever be perpetuated in media. Yep. And it is about money. It's very short-sighted. And it's not just sexual stereotypes. It's stereotypes like, you know, the, the big the big mammy figures and stuff like that. Um, you know, you have a lot of, you have just so many menstrual show images of black women that get replayed in media and we don't recognize that because a lot of us just don't know the history. A lot of us don't know that, that America's never respected the black woman. You know, America's always mm -hmm. seen the black woman as ignorant and hoish and and overly sexualized and everything else, right? And so what's crazy to me is that we then want to fulfill those stereotypes because some white man's writing us a check and we then cheer that on. We then say, oh yeah, we we voluntarily want to do this. And if you speak up on this, oh, you're, you're, you don't like black women or oh, you hating on a black woman. Well, you know, the reality is I think we should speak on this because we're trying to protect black women. You know, black women get affected by this. When people around the world are seeing these images of black women and everybody thinks black women just, that they're just asking for it, that they just can't wait to get in the bedroom with, with anybody and everybody, then what that affects is how women are, black women are perceived everywhere around the world. There are black women who get pushed into uncomfortable situations at work mm -hmm. because, because the person saw these videos thinking this is what black women like to do. It's degrading. <clears throat> it's degrading of our image. It's, it's degrading of there's so much more. Look at her. I mean, she has so much more to give and so much more to give to the world other than spreading her legs apart. Yeah. And it makes it harder for women that actually have talent that want to be respected. They, they say, hey, you don't you need know, to have talent. I guess not. I mean, well, that's a talent, I guess. I don't know. Wolf really? I, well, Does it really take a lot of talent? I don't know. <laughs> to just spread your legs open. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, where's the bar on talent and creativity? Where's the creativity in that? <laughs> like, seriously, if women women can do anything. That's the whole thing about femininity is is being creative. Where's the creativity? It's all looking the same to me. I can't even keep these people apart.
in my head. They're all it's the same song. It's the same beat. They talking about the same thing. All their songs blend together. It it's mindless. It really is mindless. Well, well, that's. I I think on that note, I think we have the same same song over and over again. Different artists. Yeah, yeah, it always the second by the second lyric, you all all it's up like, near her. Oh vagina. my god, what are we talking about? It's like you're selling vagina in the first verse. There's no thought to that. <laughs> it's not a Nikki Giovanni poem <laughs> attached to this. <laughs> <laughs> you got me choking now. That's funny. <laughs> it's true. There's no phenomenal woman being there's, promoted. <laughs> there's no artistry at all. Oh my god. Can you imagine? Well, it doesn't even make sense. Oh gosh! I mean, I just think if you just think about even that Cardi B song where she's rapping about her WAP the entire time, you I know, mean, which, which stands for wet ass. You know what? Like, I don't know. Like, I just think about that. Like, what if? What if I did that? You know, as a man, I'm like, I'm a WAP about my BAD. What's a big ass? Oh, okay. right. If I if I was good. <laughs> If I was gonna do that, right? And I, I mean, people would be like, "What are you doing?" And then, and then, what's crazy is like, like they'll, like, like they'll do this stuff around children, like little, you know, little girls be looking up to that. And little children cannot even comprehend that kind of stuff. It's psychologically damaging to expose your children to that high level of sexuality at a young age. It's it's it's, it's damaging to them. It's they're confused. They don't know how to interpret that level of information they shouldn't even be exposed to any of that yeah they shouldn't yeah. i mean can you imagine the self-image issues there that's not even your real boobs those aren't even your real behind it's not even a natural body they look like cartoon characters boys mm, yeah. it's not real you went to you went to a physician and had surgery to alter your body to look cartoonish mm. When wow. your natural body is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's saying I'm not good enough. I have to promote my sexuality. I'm not good enough. I have to go and get my face altered, my teeth fixed, my hair ain't right, my boobs aren't right, my butt isn't right. I have to get all this cosmetic surgery to build myself up to something because who and what I am is not good enough. Mm. Well, you're preaching now. I'm just that's listening. what they're saying, and that's what you're telling your children. <laughs> see, see, but look, look, K, K Dub just made a comment that what makes my point. She thank you, K Dub, for saying this. She said, Don't ever say BAD, Dr. Boyce Hawkins. <laughs> I never thought about your equipment until you said that. Oh, don't be saying, I don't want nobody thinking well, about your no, equipment. No, and you know, and this is, I ain't sharing it with nobody. But here's the <laughs> thing, though the funny thing, though, is this, this speaks to how music can take you to a lower vibrational frequency, right? Like, Look if, I, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm making a rap song or any song about something positive, uplifting, and beneficial to you, then your mind's going to go there. But if I'm making a low vibration song about something degrading and sexual or whatever it is, then your mind's going to go there. And and we have to understand the power of our minds and how music is designed. And I personally think it could be designed by the CIA or FBI. I really wouldn't be surprised. After I saw those interviews with the FBI agent and saw how much he said that the Bureau studies black culture and yeah. how to manipulate black culture, I'm, I'm not so I wouldn't be surprised. 
And I think that there, I, I really think that there's a consistent effort to keep our people on such a low level frequency that we can't actually grow. We can't actually think about higher level issues because we're pretty much stuck in the basement. Yours need to be B-A-B, big ass brain. That's How about right. that? That's right. Oh, boy, she got a big ass brain. <laughs> yeah, baby. I got 10 inches of brain. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. Look at you. <laughs> My big, thick, delicious brain. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, well, I think all of y'all have big ass brains too. And I appreciate y'all very much. Be one people, intelligent black people. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, this is Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia. This is where we get together and we lay against our pillows and just have weird, crazy, fun conversations that hopefully will make your life better. Um, our goal is to make you smarter. We also want to help you succeed economically or spiritually, psychologically. Uh, we believe in family. You know, we believe in all the things that are going to make you happy. So uh, if this is your thing, <clears throat> we hope you will hit that subscribe button. Uh, we hope you will hit this thumbs up button. Also, we hope that uh, you will join us at the All Black National Convention, which is happening in Atlanta, Georgia, October 20th. It's like a great big family reunion with hundreds of people that come in. Uh, we keep the capacity limited to 700 people because we don't want it to be a massive, a massive, massive event. We just want, you know, we want to still keep the family reunion feel. But uh, if you'd like to join us, uh, feel free to come on out um, this past week. I'm hoping I can get Killer Mike to come back. You know, we hung out with Killer Mike in Atlanta, oh. uh, one of our one of our favorite people. And um, and I asked him about the convention. He said if he's free, he's going to definitely come back. Uh, but either way, though, if you like to learn, you want to be around other like-minded people uh, who are agenda-driven, uh, come to the All Black National Convention. And you can learn more by going to allblacknationalconvention.com. And I uh, put the information on my website also to make it easy at boyswalkins.com. All right, guys. Well, take care. Have a good night. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, Don says, L-O-L-B-A-B. -B. That's so funny. Well, y'all have a good <laughs> night, everybody. We'll see y'all later. Take care now. Bye, everyone.